Ricky Latelli. No one mentions Ricky Latelli. He made that last tackle. It was superb. It wins a grand final for the Cronulla Sharks for the first time in their 50-year history. Welcome to the Run to the Finals podcast for Big League Magazine. We're at round 25. Can you believe it? The weather's getting better, isn't it? Pam Whaley, senior writer mm-hmm. at Big League Magazine. Maria Cialis, the editor. The spring is in the air. The flowers are blossoming. <laughs> You've had a good morning, Jimmy. <laughs> <Football. laughs> How many coffees have you had? No, I, I don't drink coffee, oh, but okay. football finals are just around the corner. All right, girls. Uh, Pam, what caught the eye? Um, actually, what caught my eye was the Bulldogs getting a win. Come on. How good was well, that? Well, you've gone out in sympathy for the Bulldogs. <laughs> I have. I thought that was great. And uh, um, very likely they might get two in a row this week going up to the Titans. So... Let's yeah. see. Speaking of the Titans. <laughs> Speaking of the Titans. Um, do you want to know what caught my eye? Yes, I do. I, the Panthers. Yes. Everyone's bagging them like, oh, yeah, so what? They've won seven in a row. They've played all these terrible teams. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. Who cares? If they make it to the top four, it doesn't matter who they beat. They can only beat who's in front of them, right? It's going to be amazing if they make mm-hmm. it to the finals, given their start to exactly. the year. Exactly. I think they've done great and um, good on them. And they'll be who I bandwagon for the finals because... Uh, I don't know about any of the other teams. No. So the dogs are out, so you're bandwagging Panthers. Yeah. Well, there's no Raiders, no Warriors. There's no, like, that club that you kind of... The underdog club. The underdog club. Everybody in the top eight is successful and has been successful, so, you know. Yeah. All right. No, that's fair enough. Um, What caught my eye was Nelson Asafa Solomona's try. Right on foot. Wow. He's He's six foot seven. He's 120 kilos. And he stepped past the fullback like he wasn't there. Hello. Hello. Oh, man. And he still makes a few errors and he's, he's still he's nowhere near the finished product. Can no. you imagine when Craig Bellamy yeah. gets a, like two or three more years polish on him? He's scary. Yeah. What do you do when you have to interview him? Because your arm, your arm would start shaking after a while. Right, that's <laughs> a good point. You'd have to get him down and then stand yeah. in front of him and <laughs> yeah. look him in You'd the still eye. Be yeah. at my level. James Tamo's a bit like that too, isn't he? He's yeah, he'll um, yeah. at the, the few times I've interviewed him, he sat down with me, which is really nice. Right, yeah. we appreciate it. Lovely fellow, James, <laughs> yeah. the fact that he sits yeah. down. Lots coming up. We've got to get through the headlines of the week that was. We're going to have a look at the magazine. Lots of stuff in the Big League magazine. We've got a special guest today too, Redfin All Blacks star player, Jasmine Lalend, and we're also going to have a chat with CK1. He's a star of this podcast. And they're back again. No one got anyone right over the weekend. <laughs> Fearless predictions. Pam Maria and Jimmy here for the long haul with the Big League podcast. Of course, it was Hayne versus Henry. Now I think it's Hayne versus Kent and Hayne v. The World. And um, he's getting a few supporters, though, Jared Hayne. Pam, what was, what was your take on the week that was with the, the Titans and, and the whole saga of sacking Neil Henry? Well, obviously it was just a bloody mess, wasn't it? Yes. It was um, just very unnecessary, I think, a lot of um, media attention that, uh, yeah, it just wasn't necessary, the whole... Um, that the Titans brought on themselves That they in brought on themselves by saying, we're going to have a board meeting um, and decide, and talk to Jared Hayne and talk to Neil Henry and try and sort this out. So they announced Ridicu- that. Ridiculous. And then the following day said, we need another 24 hours. And then it just dragged on. And then you see their two young halves, Ash Taylor, obviously, and Kane Elgy just uh-huh. get dragged into it as well. And then every every person alive had an opinion on it. And that's because nothing was settled. But the Titans had told people that something was going on. So mm. then it's mm. just flown, like, you know, the door's open for speculation until yes. it's until it's over. So, I mean, I was at that at the Titans game on Thursday night and... Like, unlike Jared. Unlike Jared, which uh, I still don't understand that either. But I was there, I saw Ryan James was in the press conference. He was very upset. He came in and really just wanted to 
set the record straight and say, look, we're behind our coach and this and that. And then Nathan Pete spoke for, you know, at length afterwards mm. with reporters mm. and stuff as well. It was really fascinating. But yeah, no Jared Hayne there, but he's the one that survived. So, I mean, now the Titans are in this situation. They really have to try and find a way out of it. Yeah, and um, there was the Hayne presser yesterday and then Paul Kent on NRL 360 and Hayne saying, oh, well, Pen- uh, Neil Henry and Paul Kent colluded to write this about me yeah. and then blah, blah, Speak blah, blah. No, no, I, honestly, it, it's never been more clear to me how much this game can revert to high school <laughs> like in a yeah. second and then he called me and said this and then he rang me and blah, 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 blah and it's just a mess and like Michael Ennis writes this week in Big League, Ash Taylor can start talking to other clubs November 1. Yep. So if they don't get a coach in there, yeah. what why what's in it for Ash Taylor? Obviously he feels loyalty to, to the Gold Coast but you, who are you playing under? The Brisbane Broncos is a big draw card up the well, highway. Yeah, when you're like, oh, well, Wayne Bennett is yeah, there. Exa- Wayne Bennett and you've got the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah. So like, it, it's a powerhouse. And he's been there, done that. They know him. He knows them. They need to sort it out quick, smart. Yeah, I, I thought the complete lack of leadership from everywhere, from the board, from the uh, administration, Graham Annesley in particular. Um, and I, I, Mick Ennis goes on about the in, in the magazine about the, the lack of leadership from the players. I'm not... I don't think you get more stronger leaders than Ryan James and Nathan Peets. Um, their performances on the field just aren't up to scratch. It, it, it's just gone horribly wrong and someone needed to feel the vacuum of lack of leadership and take that club forward. The really interesting thing is that the NRL owned the club. So was the NRL helping them fill that vacuum? Was the NRL saying, well, hang on, you can't get rid of Neil Henry because then we're seen to be encouraging people to break contracts? And there were so many things at play. Um, because they were an NRL-owned club as well, uh, complicated by the fact that, hey, we're trying to sell this club. How attractive <laughs> can you make it? You know, yeah. like trying to polish that. Yeah. So lots of things at play. It, what will be interesting to see how they turn out this week uh, um, and, and uh, Jared Hayne, whether he plays and, um, and how he plays, I think will be instructive. RLPA, we haven't got a deal done. Uh, the big meeting on the Monday, Pam, I'm, um, there were threats of boycotts and all that sort of stuff. Um, they're close, but not close enough, apparently. Yeah, well, that's that seems to be the case. It seems to be have been the case for quite a while now, isn't it? So we uh, they apparently are happy with the salary cap figure mm. that mm. was um, proposed last week, I think that was. And now they're just negotiating on little fiddly little things in the deal. Hopefully this is over Quickly, because this is dry. What has it been like? Eighteen months now, really? Yeah, yeah. It probably. would have been yeah. just going on forever. So let's just get it done. Let's just get on with it. I'm sick of talking about it. Is everyone else? A hundred percent. James Maloney brought up the privacy thing um, with the CBA. The things they need to iron out. Um, yes, uh, access to bank records and phones and, and so forth. Bank records and phones. Yeah. And um, I'm not usually like this, but I kind of agree with him. If if my boss said I want unlimited access to your bank records and phone, I'd be like, get out of here. Yeah, I, I would If you want them, ask for them. If something's gone wrong, that, that's fine. But that's the key point though. Yeah. A, 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 I would have no problem with that because yeah. I don't, you know, if my boss wanted to look at, at my um, bank records, then no problem. Um, and the only reason they would want to do that if they thought there's something wrong. Exactly. And if you didn't want to show them, then there must have been something wrong. And if you look at horse racing where uh, the integrity of the, the game is so important, they have the access to phone records of jockeys. They have the access to bank records of trainers and jockeys. And, and all of those things are really important to maintain the integrity of the game. So, James, if you don't want them to look at your bank statements and your phone records, don't accept gambling as part of the, the mix in which mm-hmm. the game earns revenue. 
So that's the thing you've got. So when all the, when that smells around, we can take that smell away. But if you're not prepared to do that, then it lingers and it impacts on you because remember now you're a partner in the game. Yeah, it's walking a I real totally tightrope here because so much money comes in from gambling in rugby league. And you've got to maintain the integrity of it. And you we do. know over the last couple of years that that has been questioned. Um, rightly or wrongly, it has been questioned. So um, mud sticks. So you've got to be careful around that one. James Graham, apparently he's off. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was talk that Newcastle might have been interested. Uh, they think he's on about 1 to 1.1 next year with the Bulldogs. Oh. So where's he go, Pam? Um, well, what I'm hearing is he doesn't want to leave Sydney. So Newcastle are interested, but he doesn't want to leave Sydney. So right. hence... Um, he lives in the Shire, I think. He's a good joint, that Shire. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so uh, that's where the dragons come in. Ah. Yeah. Someone said access to Wollongong was a really big thing because <laughs> you can get to Wollongong as quickly as you can to Canterbury. Well, a lot of that's a true. lot of dragons players do live in Cronulla. They so um, yeah. yeah, they do. They're either carpool or they trek down there themselves. I have no idea. Train. Yeah. There's, a <laughs> good train line. There's a good train <laughs> line down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um. Yes. How have you gotten in, in a position where your bloody club captain is being shopped around? It's ridiculous. Mar- well, Maria, everyone's being shopped around. Oh, yeah. Let well. me, uh, I have it on authority from a an, another club that they were basically shown the list of every player from the Bulldogs and said, anyone you like. Would you like? What is it like a catalogue? Like <laughs> exactly, a karaoke exactly. List? Like here, what would you like? Yeah, have a look, exactly. Yeah, oh, there's a menu. A menu, a menu of players oh, from the blue and white. We have Goodness. a strawberry blonde. Yes, exactly. So you're a, a Canterbury supporter, a strong Canterbury supporter. What oh, are your What are your thoughts I'm on James Graham leaving if he was to in this fashion after the service that he's given the club? I think it's extremely unfortunate for James Graham, who has had to be the face. Yes. Of this whole drama, obviously he's got his contract with Fox Sports, and that's lucrative. But it, every week he's going to go out and be like, "Uh, and address this stuff, and address this stuff, and address this stuff." Um, and uh, he's a fan favorite. Um, he's yes. a great player. Um, I think it's unfortunate. You know, you know, the unfortunate thing is he's not a million dollar player. Mm. Well, that's the problem. That's the that's what back ended contracts do for you. Contracts. So y- you can look at what he's getting paid in the the reports are around Josh Morris getting 800,000 or 900,000 or whatever he's getting paid and you look at him and you say well he's not an $800,000 player. Now when you're in trouble with your salary cap like you know I know there was talk about oh it was going to be 10 million dollars and and the, oh, I think the Bulldogs have budgeted for more than that anyway. But when you're back in contracts like that, of course you're going to be off with your salary cap and your planning and your retention and your recruitment. I've I've said this before but I mean this is what happened to Manly. Of course it is. Um, is there a common denominator? Uh, yes. And Hello, but, Des. But you know what? Everybody at Manly has premiership rings. So your grand plan failed. Should have won a premiership. If they if they had won a premiership in 14 or 12, yeah. the fans would be a lot more forgiving right 12 now. was the time, right? 12 was the time. 12 was the time. But 14 was yeah. the... There was a, oh, yeah. They haven't won anything for more than a decade. And now what? You're going to go back to five years of rebuilding maybe. Uh, it, it, by the time you get out of it, yeah. yeah. And you're going to get out of it with Des. He's bought Kieran Foran and Aaron Woods. What if the next coach is going, oh, you know, I don't really want those yeah. players. And Kieran Foran, uh, he's been busted so much this season. Uh, he is wonder. not the banker that he was at the start no. of the season, is he? He's not the guy where you go, he's not Cooper Cronk. Like if you get Cooper Cronk, you can win board elections oh, on right. the back of that. Yeah. Say, hey, hey, don't kick us out yet because we've got Cooper Cronk coming. Kieran Foran's not that player anymore. Did he have the clause... Uh, in his contract that if Des is not there, then he doesn't go? From or what I has understand, that been it's taken out. out? That's, that's out. been taken yeah. out. Because that's, that's my mail that Des is, Des is gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm so getting the same thing. And, and, and 
Even but he's you, been the only one, I guess, that's been able to kind of get the best out of Kieran Foran, as we can see. So uh, time of life too, like that's when he was young he and, was and he's yeah, uh, uh, yeah. L- not distracted as it mm. were by life and, mm-hmm. and other things. Um, Sydney crowds have been down. That's uh, a well-known fact. Talking about the Bulldogs, the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, struggling now. There's all sorts of initiatives that have been taken on by the clubs that mostly play out of ANZ Stadium or what they can do. What are your thoughts on those? There's talking about double headers, cheaper prices. I think the Dragons around 26 are going to do a big promotion where you can come along free of charge on the train and you'll get reduced prices for pies and chips and and beer and all of that sort of thing in a co-production with the Bulldogs. Are we are we fans of that, Maria? Definitely. Um, I do think. The, the ticket prices, I'm a bit, when people complain about them, you can get deals, you can go through Telstra, the clubs do flash sales. It's possible to get a cheaper ticket. Yeah. If you want to eat at the stadium, that's where you sort of start to hit mm-hmm. a few roadblocks. Um, so I think that'll help. And the parking is the other problem because it's, what, $25 now at ANZ? Anywhere yeah. you go. So yeah. um, if you can catch a train and the train is reliable and there are no roadworks and oh it comes God. every 15 but, minutes. Well, but that's uh, the thing. Tra- <laughs> you pay $25 for the right to sit in the car park for an yeah. hour after the game yeah. and try and get out. Mm-hmm. So as long as the public transport's reliable, if the, food's, if the food's cheaper, I mean, I'm all for it. Um, or you can go to Macca's outside. There are so many reasons to not go. Like, you know, everyone's yeah. trying to find a reason to yeah. go. There are so many reasons not going. And you've mentioned a heap of them there. The fact that when you're at ANZ Stadium, it's not a purpose-built rectangular stadium. Like, you're a long way from the action. The fact that you can sit at home and now you can watch four games a week, live, free-to-air. Um, you can watch eight all eight games perfectly presented across Fox Sports in high definition with no ads in them. And you can sit in your lounge room and do that. Also, uh, most of the – a lot of the Sydney teams have been terrible. I mean – that's the crux of it, right? And there's another factor. Uh, if your team's coming 13, 14, 15, yeah. do you really want to – maybe you want to go and have the pub and have if a If you're a family, if you're a family, you can pay $70 a month for Foxtel yes. and get all of the games all every week games, or you can right. pay $100 a week and take the family and more. that's without eating. That's right, more. So I, I totally understand it. I think that um, everything is going up these days. All of the prices are going up. We're getting told on the M4 and blah, blah, blah and all of these things are going up and, and money is tight and being able to go to a football game is a luxury for most families and if they want families to go to games, they need to drop drop the price. Everything's going up except wages, Pam. <laughs> Everything's going up except wages, Yes. Exactly. Wink, wink, Maria. Round 25, the magazine has hit the newsstands. You can buy it at all the good and bad news agencies around the country. (laughs) Uh, uh, What's in the mag, girls? I'll tell you what, I love this story. The buck starts here is a story around 25 years since the Bronx won their first comp and apparently there's some similarities to this year's team, Maria. Yeah, um, that was uh, one of our freelancers, Will Evans, who used to be a massive Broncos fan but uh, lives in New Zealand, had to get on the Warriors. So You don't have to do that. Uh, well, he did and now he regrets it. But anyway, of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he interviewed a few people from, from that team. They got some great yarns and actually there was a really good one about um, Alfie Langer getting on all of them to get the win so they could get their... $1,350 for a win. He was like, I-, I got a horse. I got a horse on Saturday. Please, we got to win this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was really interesting. And um, yeah, a few of those few of those players can see similarities as like Steve Reniff and James Roberts. Yeah, and right, you right. You got your yeah, quick little halves. You got Cody Nicarema. You got, 
Milford Hunt. Yeah. See what happens. Who's that Julian O'Neill, just out of interest? Oh, yeah, yeah probably. Jack. Okay. <laughs> Darius, <laughs> Darius, Darius Boyd. Darius Boyd. There you go. Um, I, there was a time there in the history of the Broncos when they didn't like playing on Saturday games, or certainly Wayne didn't like them playing Saturday games because the races were on mm. and they would be distracted at 3 p.m. <laughs> on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, which, you know, that, uh, that happens. Oh, what a time. Simpler exactly. times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mick Ennis uh, and Matt Rogers has had a go. Matt Rogers at his old club, the Titans. Yeah, so he um, it came out um, earlier this week that he had applied for a job on the board, was it, I think? And uh, they the Titans actually went through a recruitment agency and the recruitment agency didn't know anything about Matt Rogers and right. didn't know his rugby league credentials and you so don't therefore he didn't uh, You don't have enough experience, sorry. Right. So therefore he didn't he didn't get a callback, uh, which is ridiculous. But so he kind of um, had a bit of a shot at them there. He thinks that the um, they're in a right mess up there on the Gold Coast and, and fair enough. And then... Michael Ennis, our columnist this week, he also um, had a bit to say about the Titans and their leadership and, yeah, their leadership or lack at thereof. board level mm. and, yeah, or lack thereof, exactly. Well, the um, concern is that the club's for sale, as we've mentioned mm. earlier, and one of the guys who's looking at buying it is Daryl Kelly, who's a current board member, and now he's making all these sounds about the, the, the North Sydney Bears and whether they're – like, isn't that a conflict of interest? Like, if you're, try, if you're trying to buy – the consortium, don't you want to run it into the ground so you get it at a cheaper price? Mm. You know, like it's very strange. Yeah, very I don't, strange underst- I don't understand. It's everywhere. a, uh, it's a, it's a real mess up there. It mm. needs to get figured out. But it's, it's not top level sport in Australia unless there is a conflict of interest, uh, which is what we see uh, throughout many years. All right, let's have a look at the games this week. Uh, starting with the Bronx up against the Parramatta Eels. Bit of spite in this one, maybe Pam. Oh yeah, after last time, so that was a. Uh, a couple of weeks five ago. Five weeks ago, yeah. Five weeks ago, yeah. So um, obviously the Eels came out and uh, beat the Broncos quite convincingly. Mm. Uh, kicked the Broncos into gear though, so it really taught them a bit of a lesson. I think they've been um, going really well since then. Uh, Parramatta have their first game that they dropped was against Newcastle a couple of weeks ago since then. So it is going to be a really, really good clash. I think the Broncos are going to get away with this one though. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I think, I think Parramatta were taught a little bit of a lesson that they were kind of, um, they've kind of said this week that they were believing in their own hype a little mm. bit. Yeah, so, but I think the Broncos are just going way too good at the moment and especially at home. Word is though that uh, Jordan Kahu is out, so David Mead will come in. I think after watching Anthony Milford last week as well, um, they're, they're back at home, he's sort of really starting to get into that little groove of how good we know he can be. Um, so I, I'm going with Broncos. Question without notice, who's your Australian 5'8"? Remember that oh, there's please. no Jonathan Thurston. But So here are the candidates, Cameron Munster, James Maloney or Anthony Milford. They're the guys who played 5'8 uh, during the course of the State of Origin series. I dare say uh, Cameron Munster will get over the line due to his storm. Oh, geez, I think Milford. Milford's Mil- Milford great. He'll, he'll be in the team. Milford he'll be in the team somewhere, mm. but probably mm. off the bench. I'm going for the Broncos in that one as well. Raiders up against the Knights. The Raiders need to win and they need other results to go their way. They'll win this game against the, your Knights, though, Pam. Well, Newcastle beat them earlier in the year. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but the Raiders, they do need to win this one uh, because, as we keep saying, they're a mathematical chance. Yes. Some of the games went their way last week, so... Yeah, you never know. I think the Raiders are, are going to win this one, though. I think um, Jack Cogger, so he hasn't played NRL yet this year. He played a couple of games, I think five or six games last year. So he comes in for Brock Lamb. Called him in the Intrust Super Premiership last week. He played mm. really well. Yeah, good for him. Yep. Yeah, I think they're going to direct a lot of traffic at him, though. I think Josh Papali will be uh, <gasps> trying to hunt him <laughs> down in that line. <laughs> I think it's going to be a, 
a rough old day for Jack Cogger. Yes, yeah, the only matter T is out as well after that concussion issue. He's, that's a concern with that him. That is, he probably needs to just sit out for the rest of the season. Too many. Yeah. He yeah. wears the headgear too and it doesn't yeah. help him. Yeah. No, be, I think that's like three this year. Yeah. It's terrible. So yeah, and and they good. are concerned about it. The club is concerned about yeah. it. Well, he's 21 yeah. years old. It's uh, It's... Very concerning. Nathan Ross back. Such an incredible return after breaking a back um, in that game earlier this year. So uh, uh, he that's a positive for the Knights, but the Raiders to win that one at home as well. West Tigers against the Cowboys. I have felt that the Cowboys' effort over the course of the last three weeks when they've lost every game has just been nothing short of fantastic. They've been really great. Um, you can't help but feel for them. They do have a few back on board this week. Um, but you know what? The West Tigers have been really quite good lately. Yeah. Um, down at Campbelltown, the, the Cowboys have a shocking record against them as well. Yep. Um, so I've gone for the West Tigers. Bit of an upset. Yeah, I think the West Tigers, I don't think it's an upset. I think the West Tigers are going to win this one. I think, yeah, the Cowboys have put in a really good effort and they've been very brave, obviously. Their, their injury list is ridiculous. But they, the West Tigers playing at Campbelltown, they've been playing some really good footy. Um, no Elijah Taylor is a bit of a bit of a um, an Massive issue. Massive loss. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think the West Tigers are going to get him. Michael Morgan, keep an eye on him from a concussion point of view. Two oh, in yeah. a row. So, yeah, that, row. but uh, uh, it's amazing when you have so many high quality players at this level, and yet you see guys who are, are lifting above that. Michael mm. Morgan is one for the Cowboys, and James Tedesco mm. nearly dragged the West Tigers into a win over the the Roosters. Uh, He's just incredible. Isn't just he? amazing. What he can do. Just incredible. So clearly one of the best five players in the competition right now. Titans, Bulldogs. This is going to be interesting. I think um, I tip the Bulldogs in the magazine, but I think I'm leaning towards the Titans now. Um, you know how it is when a team goes through something really terrible and the coach gets sucked and then they come out and they're going to play really well. Yes. Um, the Bulldogs are shocking in Queensland. Um, and they also, the Titans are a bit of a bogey team for them for some unknown reason. Um, so I think you got to go on the Titans. Um, I think no Ryan James for the Titans, so he's been huge for them this year. Um, and I think the Bulldogs are just going to get over this. I think that although they're going to want to put the Titans are going to want to put in a good performance after all of the drama, they're going to want to come out and really show people, look, here we are. We're not the mess that you think we are. I think the I think the Bulldogs are going to get them. We've got the worst defensive team in the league up against the Bulldogs, so I reckon the Bulldogs are trying to get continue where they left off against Manly and uh, more points, points, points. So Bulldogs for me in that one. Storm Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs got a shocking record in Melbourne. Having been a part of that at different stages, it was like, whoa. It's like Marcus <laughs> Byers. It's like tackling concrete. But um, he's not playing, thankfully. Um, uh, <laughs> big but, loss, big but, loss. But uh, <laughs> all the stars are there for Melbourne. Yeah, the Rabbitohs have lost their... 13 games yeah. played in Melbourne. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, they yeah. have been uh, playing much better lately, but uh, you'd think that Storm have this one. Uh, yes, I completely <laughs> agree. Uh, <laughs> Storm, to to way too good. Who would ever pick them to lose a game for the rest of the year? No one. No one, ever. Yeah, they're playing at home for the rest of the year, yeah. except yeah. for the GF, right? Um, the Rabbitohs have a good story to sell in the off-season, though. I think there's some upside in the Rabbitohs. Some of the things that the Definitely. players have emerged, the players that they've bought, uh, the things that they've done, I think there's some, there's some upside for them during the course of the off-season. Sharks, Roosters, this is huge. They have a bad record, the Roosters, against the Sharks, especially down there at Shark Park over the last few years. Um, I think if they play the inconsistent football that we saw against the West Tigers, they will be beaten. But I think they lift for big opponents, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Roosters win this. 
Yeah, I've done a flip of the coin. Um, and just because of that record as well, I've gone with the Sharks. Um, the, our story on James Maloney this week really convinced me as well. That happens a lot. That's a problem. It's, yeah. like, when you're, <laughs> it's like when you're tipping horses and you speak to the trainer and you think, oh, oh the thing's wow, flying. Yeah, great, yeah. 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 Um, but th- there's not a lot separating them. The only people who are injured are um, Jack Bird and Daniel Tupo. Um, so, yeah. Tupo's a massive loss. Tupo is a big loss and yeah. mm, uh, I don't know, Sharks. Yeah, it is a flip of the coin, this one. Um, Obviously, the two New South Wales halves going up against each other. James Maloney against his former team as well. Um, I do think the Sharks are going to get this one, I think, narrowly. They have not had a great record at home this year Mm. uh, compared to last year when they were basically unbeatable at home. Um, And I feel like both teams as well have kind of been a little bit up and down. I don't think neither team have have hit their straps or shown what they're capable of at all this year. Right. Um, Which means it could uh, could be anything. An opponent like this can drag it out of you. Um, There's a toughness to the Sharks. We know that. Maybe Mm -hmm. the Roosters can match them in that department. But... Mm -hmm. uh, I think Roosters more flair there. Warriors Seagulls big game for the Seagulls because it's in freefall. Massive, and I think um, I'm now leaning towards the Warriors. I do you change your mind on every game? I do, yeah. Right. Um, In that game against the Rabbitohs, up until maybe the 50th minute, they actually looked pretty good. It's just that they sort of run out of steam. Mm. Um, Sean Johnson is back. Mm. Simon Mannering's been great. Roger Tuivasa-Shek has been great. They've got to they've got to give something to their fans at home. and oh, I don't know. The Seagulls are going to be up against it. Yeah, Sean Johnson back. I think they will put in a much better performance. I think he'd be pretty keen to come out there and try and correct things a little bit. But they have won, what is it? It's seven in a row. I mean, lost seven in a row. So oh, it's going to need to be a bit a bit of a turn um, to beat Manly, who need to win. Too much there to is, play for. There is too, there's nothing else to say. They need to yeah. win. They, their season has been pretty crazy from going in the top four. They were yeah. third at one stage, now yeah. they're eighth. They could finish well out of the finals. So, yeah, they Manly have got too much to play for. I think Manly win. I agree. Pan- for the same reason. Panthers up against the Dragons. This is a cracker on Sunday as well. Nearly a sellout out there at Pepper Stadium as well, which is great news. Um, Panthers, uh, as we talked about earlier, yeah, they're beating teams and uh, maybe they're not that impressed with it, but they're beating teams. No Matt Moylan, though. Young Matt Moylan. Have you Sorry. noticed? So we talk about this all the time. They call him young Matt Moylan. Young Matt, Moylan. Matt Moylan is 26. Right. Yeah. yeah, but he came in late, so you think he's young. <laughs> he's young Matt and he's Moylan. got a baby face too. They're like, so. oh, young Matt Moylan and young Nathan Clear. I'm like, no, there's, this is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, young um, Matt Moylan is out. He's out. But I don't necessarily think – I mean, obviously he's a great addition to the team, but they've shown that um, they can do it without him. Um, and they're going for eight straight, which is a club record. Going for the Panthers. Yeah, I think Panthers are going to get this one too. I think Dragons are going to be pretty good though. I think they're going to push them all the way because these these two teams are quite similar, I think, as well. Um, they can throw a lot. At, they've got their their forwards are quite creative as well. They can do some some things that we don't necessarily see. Um, but I think the Panthers are going to get this one. The Dragons obviously are fighting to get back into that top eight, but I think the Panthers are going to be too good. Entertaining sides, and yet in saying that, I'm looking forward to Tamo, Campbell-Gillard and Hadawira Naira up against um, Vaughan, Frizzell and Debellin. It'd be so good, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Campbell-Gillard's been yeah. massive. Um, Panthers. Panthers for me to win that one. There you go. All the game's done. Done. And uh, I think uh, Maria changed her mind on pretty much. So everything you read in the magazine has been flipped around. Yep. You've changed your mind. Right. Yep. Make sure yep. you're listening to the podcast. That's listening where you get the, the latest, the latest news <laughs> from Maria Cialis. 
It is Run to the Finals podcast for Big League Magazine. Pam Whaley, Maria Cialis, Jimmy Smith in. We love to get a special guest on girls, don't we? And why don't we get another girl on? Jasmine Allendez has been good enough to join us on the line. She plays, of course, for the Redfin All Blacks in the women's competition. They are flying high. Minor premiers get, well, they get a couple of weeks off, uh, and it's great to have a chat to her leading up to what's going to be an exciting time, of course, Women's World Cup just around the corner as well. G'day, Jasmine. Hello. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Oh, I want to take a step back before we start talking about uh, current affairs. Um, How did you get into rugby league? Um, I played rugby league when I was young for La Perouse Panthers. Yeah. Up until I was 12. And then I played every other sport, touch football, rugby union, and um, started playing Quarry Knockout when I was 16. And yeah, kind of went from there. The Redfin girls asked me to play comp with them, so just kept going from there. Yeah, but why? Why'd you start when you were way back when? Why did I start? Yeah, was um, it was it a family thing? Um, yeah, all my family. Yeah, they all played footy. My I have an older brother. He plays footy, and my dad was involved, and so was my mum in the Bruce Panthers club. And right. um, I grew up with the boys who played footy, so they needed players as well, really. So I said I'd play. Tell us a little bit about this competition this year. So the New South Wales Women's Premiership. You guys are obviously flying minor premiers this year. Yeah, tell us about your team, um, kind of what you guys have gone through, I guess, to to get there, get that minor premiership. Because I know that you've you've played some superstar teams out there, and and you guys are just cruising along. Well, yeah, we're really lucky. We have really good support. Um, my dad, who's the coach, Danny Alendi, um, and Ani Shaz, Sharon Mazza. And as well, Jeff, they um they really support like they support us through training. All we have to do is show up and play. You know, everything's prepared. It's um you know we have buses to the game. It's everything so we can focus on the game. Um, and that training, you know, we've got we've got a simple structure that we follow, but we've always been told to play what we see. So it's really helped with our game plan. And yeah, we have really good positive team culture, which has been building the past few years. But yeah. It's really good to get the outcome from all of that. Jasmine, I imagine you have another job in addition to playing football. How do you sort of manage your time um, with training and games and, and doing all your other stuff as well? Um, well, I work at night, so it's really I don't go to training throughout the week, but I do um, train with some of the girls during the middle of the day on their lunch break. So I'll get I'll meet up with a few of the girls and do some fitness or do a bit of training with them to kind of keep in that kind of connection with the team. And obviously... I'm lucky enough to be playing to know a fair bit, so I know sort of the the, um, the game plan and all that kind and the structure that we follow. And um, like I said, we kind of play what we see as well. So I have to make sure that I am training throughout the day and motivating myself so that I can be up to scratch when we're playing. So yeah. It's a bit hard, but wow, yeah. it is good. Well, Jasmine, if Dad's the coach and you didn't know the game plan, there's a problem, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he gives me a call at least three or four times a week to let me know about training, if we've changed anything or the game plan and who, what we'll be playing and what position girls will be playing just so I have an understanding for the Saturday when we come into the game where I'll be and what, what my job is and who I kind of am up against and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. What do you do at night? What's the work you do at night? Um, I just work in admin at a, a TNT, so in Botany, so it's just local. Okay. But, um, yeah. Yeah, right. Good one. Do admin work at night. 
Uh, earlier this year, you played in the Women's Indigenous All-Stars team against the World All-Stars. That was the precursor to the All-Stars game up there at McDonald Jones Stadium. How was that for you? I mean, there's, you've obviously had a lot of highlights throughout a, a successful, although young career. Jasmine, where did that rank in, in moments in your career? Oh, it was, it's, it's been a long, like, yeah, we've been building on that for a fair few years since I started playing a fair few years. The girls before me have been working really hard as well. But, yeah, no, when I first jumped in, you know, we, we've always been about um, having that really close team culture and um, being, you know, told us, you know, we wanted to make it the best camp ever and we we done that and it was it's up. It's really, it is up there. There's nothing like you know playing for your mob and representing <laughs> where you're from and you know, in tr- inspiring other young girls coming through. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about. So obviously, as I was saying before, you guys have won the minor premiership. You got two weeks off now. Who? What? Are, what team do you reckon that you guys are going to be playing in the is major semi final? I guess. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Tell yeah, us about um, the rest of the competition. I guess we'll, it will be out of, I'm pretty sure, Mounties or Glenmore because they're the two that are playing to play against us and mm-hmm. then the winner from that will go to the um, grand final. But it, it is a really strong competition. It's, um, you know, no no team is kind of an easy, you know, an easy team. It's, it's every week you have to be on your game because you could just sort of lose it just like that. So I guess we, we have to wait and see who we're playing, but every game's going to be a hard game and we're just still training, still getting prepared to be able to play. Yeah. Um, what is it like actually being coached by your dad? Um, has that happened before or is this uh, specific to the, the All Blacks? Um, no, I haven't been coached by him before, but it is really good. Um, when he first, when I first asked him to coach, um, it was more so I could see him a lot more, you know, because I was, um, he doesn't live with us, but I'd, so I could see him a lot more. Obviously, I don't anymore because I'm working at night, but at the time I was at training and I asked him and the girls all really wanted him. And I knew he was, he's a good coach. He, I've seen him coach um, junior bunnies and stuff like that. So I grew up seeing how he coached and I always liked how he did and how he talks to players and how he is. And he really makes you feel respected and makes you feel like you can do anything. So I, yeah, right. I knew he'd be good for our girls because I played the year before, uh, a few years before. My first year I didn't play, he wasn't the coach. But um, I knew that he would be good for this team and that's what we needed. And we needed a coach that puts in the time and effort and he really did. He he puts in the effort for the girls and you, you, the girls have grown over the past two years with him. We now have five of our girls in the New South Wales Pathway squad, which is amazing. Um, and I really do think it has a lot to do with um, who we have supporting us, which, you know, is my dad and Aunty Shaz and Jeff. They do a lot of work and go above and beyond what they need to be doing. So it, I'm happy to be minor premiers because it's all come off the back of them putting in that time and effort. Jasmine, you've obviously played now for New South Wales and you've played for the Indigenous All-Stars. Do mm. you have hopes to play for the Jillaroos one day? Yeah, of course. That's that's the big goal, and um, taking steps towards um, obviously getting there. And the girl, the competition, it's it's really big and it's growing. So definitely going to have to be working a lot harder. But yeah, that definitely is a goal and something that I'm working towards. And hopefully one day will happen. Uh, forget about one day. There's a World Cup at the end of the <laughs> no. year, Jasmine. That's in a couple yeah, of months. That, the, yeah. Yeah, you sound <laughs> yeah. like someone that's going to target that. Well, so. Well, yeah, no, I, I am. I definitely am. And that just, 
means I have to go out in these semi-finals and keep, yeah, play the best footy that I've played. Really, have to go out there and show them what I can do. So that's my that is my goal for these semi-finals coming up and ultimately the grand final that you know we plan to make. <laughs> yeah, well, put a buy an Australian jersey, put it up at the end of the bed, and that can be part of your dream board. Okay, so uh, oh yeah, make, definitely make dreams come true. Great to have a chat, Jasmine. Uh, congratulations on the season thus far. Uh, let's hope it finishes really well for the Redfern All Blacks, uh, both on an individual level and from a team point of view as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Time to talk fantasy. When we talk fantasy rugby league, we do it with Chris Kennedy, CK1 from uh, NRL Fantasy. G'day, Chris. How are we, team? Yeah, we're really well. We're really well. We're excited about round 25, I've got, got to say. But let's go back to round 24. Now, tell me, who was, who was the standout performer for your team in round 24? Uh, for my team, let's not talk about my team, not talk about my team. My standout performer across uh, across general fantasy was uh, Bullocking Young Knights back rower Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who uh, wow. had a really solid month, actually. He got, uh, I think it was 60, then 68, then 90 in the last three weeks. Tries in three games running, just mounds of tackle breaks, and nine or 11 tackle breaks on the weekend to go with almost 40 tackles and uh, plenty of metres as well. He's, uh, he's a little bit older than some of the other young uh, Knights forwards coming through uh, at Newcastle at the moment, but he's uh, he's really taken that starting role with, with both hands, and he's just been an absolute uh, beast the last couple of weeks. CK, um, playing a preliminary this week, I've got one trade left. Do you think yep. I should uh, burn it to get someone good in my team, like Tedesco, or um, wait to see if I make the grand final? Well, uh, do you know if you're the favourite to win this prelim or not? Because I think that will probably guide um, whether you're going to make your grand final. Because there's a lot of people in the same sort of spot where you, you're sort of sitting on the last trade, you're not sure whether to burn it to make sure you get into a grand final. Um, so you don't want to make the grand final and then have a sorry, you don't want to miss the grand final and have a spare trade there that you uh, you could have used. Yeah, I would say I, I would say we're neck and neck, so I, I should just do it. Yeah, pull the trigger, get Tedesco in. If they've got Tedesco and you don't, and Teddy gets, you know, 70 or 80, then you'll be uh, you'll be kicking yourself. I do have one more question. <laughs> it's basically a decision of me asking. Um, if, uh, should I trade for someone they've already got or just do something oh, good question. completely random? Mm. Yeah. Uh, again, it sort of comes down to whether you think you're in front or not because um, if they've got some big threats that you're worried about that could win the game for them and you want to cancel one of them out, then that's that's a really good strategy. But if uh, it's sort of all you know fairly neck and neck and you're looking for a point of difference player and you might want to jump on someone like you know the, the Raiders have got Newcastle this week, so you might think Jordan Rapan is going to get a few tries or someone like that, someone a little bit left field or you know Milford had a good game last week and he might light up against uh, the Eels at home this week. So they might jump on someone who's not not a season-long prospect necessarily, but someone who might go really well this weekend uh, could be a, a good left-field option. CK, I was wondering, I'm not quite sure how Cameron Munster went last week, but um, is he not an great. option? Not great. Is he an, is he an option? Do you expect him to get a little bit better? Because I know obviously Daly Cherry Evans has had a rough couple of weeks and, and yeah. my favourite, Brock Lamb, is now out. So mm. what, what, what are our options here in the halves? Yeah, Brock Lamb injured is a blow. Um, with, uh, yeah, it's Munster was, was his first game back from, from injury, so I think maybe having blown the cobwebs out, um, he'll be better for the run. Uh, he's been basically a keeper all season long uh, for the games that he started, whether it's at fullback or 5'8", so I think he's a good option. Cherry Evans, I'm expecting to be better. He had the flu last week. He was really, really quiet uh, last weekend. He had one run for four metres against Canterbury, and he, he didn't kick much. Either Blake Green took the bulk of the kick, and he just looked really... 
uh, rattled from from having the flu all week. So I think both of those guys will be better this weekend than they were last weekend. Melbourne Storm. Oh, sorry, Pam. No, no, I was yeah. going to say, who would you go with? Pull the trigger, either one. Oh, I probably would lean towards Munster of those two. Okay. Mm, against the Rabbitohs, of course. Now, Billy Slater, apparently in a form slump, according to NRL Fantasy. Yeah, he's got a, he's um he's sort of taken us all by surprise this year. After two years out of the game, um, I didn't think he was going to get back to anywhere near his best. But it's been close to his best scoring fantasy season ever. He's only really ever been a you know a low forties player, but he's been mid forties most of this year. With plenty of assists, heaps and heaps of try assists, plenty of tackle busts as well. A um, little bit quiet of late. He was only you know, scored in the twenties last week against Newcastle, despite the Storm piling on a score. I'm not if I still had Billy Slater, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to score against uh, the Rabbitohs, and there's no reason to think that he uh, he's lost any of his mojo, so it could just be a, a little bit of a quiet run. We know you are a busy man and have multiple commitments. Uh, the fact that you've given <laughs> up a little bit of your valuable time for us, we appreciate. So on that note, CK1, au revoir. Always a pleasure talking fantasy with you guys. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't See it, because you're listening to the podcast. I was holding up the Big League magazine there. It's round 25. The Broncos are on the cover. Fantastic. Kelly and Alfie from 1992 when they first raised the Winfield Cup uh, and a couple of present-day stars in Anthony Milford and James Roberts and Ben Hunt. So get out there and get your copy of Big League magazine. Time now to have our fearless predictions. Of course, we like to look back before looking forward. Uh, but before we do that, do we do we need to update the score? No, we won't. We'll Look, Pam, what was yours last week? Uh, mine was that both uh, Corbin and Tariq Sims would mm. score a try in that Broncos-Dragons game. That's Neither pre- did. No, that's pretty Really ridiculous. let me down. Yeah. Well, it was fearless. This is what the segment's called, right? Yeah, but you like to win, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. But it Says... means more, but it means more when it really is fearless and right. crazy and it comes off. Right. Yeah. Okay. All like right. when Mark Gaznia... Hasn't he done it twice he's in done, a row? He's been back to back, Gaz. Yeah. Two, so two tries to Kenny Seo. And a Knights win. And, and three and tries then, to Alex Johnson. Yeah. So, I mean, when you, you pull it start, off, it's great. We need to start ringing him before we um, record. All right. Well, you didn't ring Gaz, Gaz last week. No, and I You didn't. went for Jason Tamalolo to get 220 <laughs> metres, which is like marginally over his average. How'd you go? I went very poorly. Right. Um, he did go Ooh. off the field for a HIA. So that, that uh, hurt me. Mm. Hurt me bad. Yes, it did. 159 metres for Jason Taumalolo. Um So, loss for you there. I said Cohen has two tries. Didn't look like scoring a try at any point during the course of the game. So, no. uh, there you go. That See, was right. that was ridiculous too, wasn't it? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Totally ridiculous. Well, that's right. If it's just, if this doesn't come off, <laughs> yeah, it, doesn't just doesn't, come off. it doesn't come off. Uh, yeah. So, there you go. You can see it now um, if you're watching on Facebook. That uh, Yeah, it looks like a head injury assessment <laughs> test. Um, but out in front after a win in <laughs> round 23 is me on one. And... Pam and, oh, sorry, Pamela, as yeah. written down in the scoreboard, and Maria on zero. So let's go to round 25. Maria, who have you got for your fearless prediction? I thought this week I would go, since it's round 25, uh, with a couple of guys who haven't scored a try yet. Oh, a yes. A couple of attacking players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got Cameron Munster from the Storm and Will Hoppolati from the Bulldogs to score their first tries of the season. So they both have to score. They both have to score both this weekend. Both have to score. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's fearless. Um, um, Hopper was Hopper was waiting for it on uh, <laughs> the other day. He I was. He was caught. Give me the ball. A couple um, of try assists from Hopper, though. Yeah. 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 Um, so hopefully this week. He gets over the line. There you go. That's a good one. Pam? Mine is that James Tedesco will have the most running metres in over the round. Uh-huh. Uh, well, so for the whole whole round? Yeah, the whole round. 
Why not? Know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I did say James Tedesco, right? I didn't you did. Stuff yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you've got to now update all of us via social media after every game about yeah. who who is the leader. Okay. So after the first game tonight, it's Broncos versus Eels. There will be someone who has run for more meters than anyone else, right? Sure. Um, well, yes. So you need. To, you need to, <laughs> That's you usually need, how it works. Yeah. You, you need to uh, distribute that amongst yeah. your followers and okay. us so that we can keep an update around what James, what sure. mark James Tedesco needs to hit. When the Tigers play, okay? Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, no worries. Done. I'm going to do the same because my <laughs> fearless prediction this time is that I think the Bulldogs, yes, the Bulldogs are going to be the team that score more points than anyone else in this round. Oof. Three, I know, I know you may, well may you scoff, but they're throwing the ball around a little bit more. Will Hopper-White is getting try assists. They're playing at three o'clock on Saturday up in Brisbane, sunny day against the worst defensive team in the competition. So the, uh, the Bulldogs, amazingly, the Bulldogs, are going to score more points than any other team. And I will keep you all updated. That is fearless. That, that is, is really fearless. I'll keep you all updated. My Drops danger is the Canberra Raiders against the Knights down there. Definitely. Uh, uh, and the Storm against the Rabbitohs. But uh, the Bulldogs are going to do it. And I'll keep you all updated across social media. Mm-hmm. Okay? So Great. there you go. All right. I, well, won't be, I won't be reading those. <laughs> oh, not if I direct them direct <laughs> straight to you, I will. She has you muted. I think. <laughs> you, can, can, you can't do that on social media, can you? Well, oh. we've got a few things to teach you, Jimmy. You certainly can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you certainly Sound, can. Oh, don't worry. I need to learn. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Pam. Thank you, Maria. Another great week of uh, footy coming up. Uh, appreciate your input in the podcast. Remember, have a big league weekend, everybody.